Hello brothers and sisters, I'm Brother John and today we're going to be discussing the timing of our Lord's return by looking at one important verse that is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 3 that speaks of the timing of the day of the Lord and I quote, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now many look at this verse and they say, so when they say peace and safety, then the rapture comes. Well, not necessarily. They have been saying peace and safety or peace and security for many decades now, and we are still here. And there are videos on YouTube of Israel and all of the world leaders saying peace and security non-stop for at least 10 minutes plus. And some of the clips are very old and some are recent. So what we should be focusing on instead of the peace and safety is the more sure sign of the rapture. That is the sudden destruction that cometh upon Israel as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. What causes this sudden destruction? Because if you know what the sudden destruction is that is going to make the Jews travail as a woman with child, then you can know exactly when the rapture will occur. Because the sudden destruction is the final sign that leads to the start of the day of the Lord and the rapture. It's not the peace and safety that they have been saying for decades now. They are always saying peace, peace when there is no peace. And there will be no peace until Christ is reigning on the earth. And that is after the battle of Armageddon. So let's first take a look at the prophet Jeremiah chapter 4, which is about disaster coming to Israel from the north. And now we know when it comes to prophecy, that which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. So when Jeremiah speaks of this disaster coming from the north, this is prophetic in that it will happen again to Israel in the very near future. Israel is going to be scattered one last final time to fulfill all that is written in scripture. Jeremiah chapter 4 verses 5 through 6 speaks of great destruction coming upon Jerusalem from an army from the north. And it says, Declare ye in Judah, and publish in Jerusalem, and say, Blow ye the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together, and say, Assemble yourselves, and let us go into the defense cities. Set up the standard towards Zion. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north, and a great destruction. And Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 40 then speaks of this sudden destruction, saying, Destruction upon destruction is cried, but the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. And then in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 31, it ties everything together by likening this sudden destruction as of a woman that is in travail by saying, For I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail, and the anguish as of her that bringeth forth her first child the voice of the daughter of Zion, that bewaileth herself, that spreadeth her hand, saying, Woe is me now, for my soul is wearied because of murderers. 
And where else do we see this same event happening in the near future? Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 21, verses 20 through 28, that says, And when ye shall see Jerusalem surrounded with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. So when we see Jerusalem surrounded with armies, and these armies are likely to be the Arab surrounding nations that are Islamic and they hate Israel. When we see them surrounding Jerusalem, then we should know that the abomination of desolation is near. So back to Luke 21. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Right here, notice that at the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week is when the days of vengeance begin. This is very telling because Jesus' three and a half year ministry began with him quoting Isaiah 61 saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the present to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, not finishing the rest of the verse. And I believe that the rest of the verse will be fulfilled on the day of the Lord when Christ comes to begin the day of vengeance of our God and to rapture us to heaven to be with him forever. The second part of Isaiah 61 that Jesus closed the book and didn't read says, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So the same day of God's vengeance, we also see him comforting those that mourn, giving them beauty for ashes, and joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be called trees of righteousness, that we may glorify the Lord. This sounds a lot like the rapture, when we are changed from corruption to incorruption, and we are given Christ's righteous garments of praise to put on because his righteousness is imputed unto us. It is credited to us. You see, it is not our own self-righteousness. We have none. All of our righteousness is but filthy rags to the Lord. We must put on Christ's righteousness because Christ's righteousness is without blemish. Back to Luke 21. But woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. Notice that it says, wrath upon this people. What people is he referring to? It's the Jews and Israel. Also notice that it's the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week. And now the wrath is just beginning for the Jews. 
Thus it is the time of Jacob's trouble. And this happens at the midpoint when Jerusalem is surrounded with armies. This is what is going to make Israel travail as a woman with child. And they shall not escape. Back to Luke. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. And they shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now we know from Revelation chapter 11 that Jerusalem is going to be trodden down for 42 months. And this is the entire duration of the Great Tribulation. Back to Luke. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now right here, the sign in the sun and in the moon and in the stars is the sixth seal sign, which is the rapture sign of Jesus' coming. First, there's going to be a great earthquake, for the dead will be coming out of the earth. The sun is going to turn black as sackcloth, and the moon is going to turn to blood, and the stars of heaven shall fall to the earth. Now these stars could be symbolic, they could mean angels, they could be fallen angels, or they could be the mighty angels that come with Jesus to gather together his elect, which is us, the church. Elect means chosen, and that could either refer to Israel or the church, because both are referred to as the elect. However, we know that in this verse, it is referring to the church, because this is a rapture verse. So Jesus is gathering the elect, that is us, the church, and he's gathering us to himself. And we can know this for a fact because Jesus says, wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will gather. The carcass is singular, and it's symbolic for Jesus Christ, meaning that wherever Jesus is, that is where his elect are going to be gathered to meet him in the air. And that elect is us, the church. Back to Luke. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now notice that he's coming on a cloud with power and great glory and that he's not coming riding a white horse. Okay, this should be another sign to indicate to us that this is the rapture. Because at the rapture is when Christ comes on a cloud with power and great glory. Back to Luke. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draweth nigh. Okay, which things is Luke referring to here that are going to come to pass that are the sign for us to look up for our redemption? Well, he just spoke of it a few verses earlier, and that sign is when Jerusalem is surrounded with armies, okay? And then the next sign would be the sign in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and that is the sixth seal sign. When the sun is darkened, the moon turns to blood, and the stars fall to the earth. So he's saying when you see these signs, then look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Notice that Jesus likens this coming to the time of our redemption. This way we can know for certain that this is the rapture. Because Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14 says, 
in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is an earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. So the moment that we believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Son of God, then we are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of our redemption. And the day of our redemption is the sixth seal rapture, when Jesus comes with his mighty angels to gather us, his elect, unto himself. Mark 13 says, The angels will gather us from earth, and they're going to take us to heaven. This is the sixth seal rapture of the church. Before the final three and a half years of God's wrath, that consist of the seven trumpets and the seven bowls, which are God's supernatural wrath. The first five seals are not God's wrath. Pre-tribbers are unbiblical to say this. The Bible says that God's wrath comes at the sixth seal, and we ought to believe what the Bible says, and not what man says. You see, man will tell you that God's wrath comes when Jesus opens a scroll. But the Bible, the Word of God, tells us that the great day of His wrath comes at the sixth seal, not when Jesus opens the scroll. So do not be deceived by false teachers spreading false doctrines, the doctrines of men. This is why it's important for us to stand on the Word of God, that is the Word of Truth. And the book of Revelation tells us exactly when God's wrath comes, and that is at the sixth seal. In Revelation chapter 6 verse 17 in Luke chapter 17 verses 28 through 31 it says likewise also as it was in the days of Lot they did eat they drank they bought they sold they planted they built it but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all notice that Jesus says the same day Meaning that the same day that his wrath comes is the same day that we get raptured. It's the same day, okay? Pre-tribbers like to say that there is a gap period between the rapture and God's wrath, which is unbiblical. There are no scriptures to support this theory. Jesus says it happens the same day as in the days of Lot. But pre-tribbers are very unbiblical and are known to just make stuff up to try to make their pre-trib theory work. So they rather lean on their own understanding than trusting the word of God. When Jesus tells us that it's going to be the same day, that it's going to be as in the days of Noah and Lot. The wrath came down the same day that Noah shut the door to the ark. And the wrath came down the same day that Lot fled from Sodom. It's the same day back to Luke even thus shall it be the day when the Son of Man is revealed whoa even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed please tell me more about that day I want to know the details I want to know everything let's get back to Luke to get all the details about that day that the Son of Man is going to be revealed it says in that day he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, 
let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoa. So you're telling me that the day when Jesus is going to be revealed from heaven is the day when the Jews upon the housetops are told to flee. Well, the Jews are told to flee from the housetops in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 21. And we know that this happens at the abomination of desolation, when that man of sin reveals himself by standing in the holy place, and as Paul puts it, he will sit in the temple of God proclaiming himself to be God, and he's going to speak great blasphemies against the one true God, and he will likely set up an image of the beast in the holy place and make folks worship his image. And once that man of sin is revealed, then we will see the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, just as it is written by Paul. And then the sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, and the stars are going to fall to the earth, and Christ will appear in glory with his mighty angels with him, and we will be gathered to meet the Lord in the air, just as eagles gather to a carcass. Now Luke chapter 17 and 21 and Matthew 24 tell us a whole lot of information about Christ's coming. And remember, this is Jesus telling us that the day that he is going to be revealed, many things are going to happen. I can name seven of them. First, we're going to see Jerusalem surrounded with armies. Second, the man of sin will commit the abomination of desolation, revealing himself as the son of perdition. Third, the Jews will flee from the housetops to the mountains, just as Lot fled from Sodom. Fourth, the sign of the coming of the Son of Man is going to appear in heaven, the sign that is in the sun, the moon, and the stars. The sun's going to turn black, the moon's going to turn to blood, the stars of heaven are going to fall to the earth. And fifth is Jesus is going to appear with his mighty angels and we that believe on him are going to be gathered to meet Christ in the air and from that point on out we will forever be with the Lord. Number six, there's going to be a moment of silence in heaven before the wrath of God begins at the first trumpet. And number seven, it's going to rain down fire from heaven at the first trumpet, as in the days of Lot. The same day that Lot fled from Sodom, it rained down fire from heaven. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Which is quite telling. It tells us that the rapture is going to happen right before the first trumpet is sounded. It does not rain down fire from heaven at the first seal. As a matter of fact, the first five seals are not even supernatural. They're just common everyday things that we see all of the time. A lot of pre-tribbers like to say that the rider on the white horse of the first seal is the Antichrist. If the rider on the white horse is the Antichrist, then who's the rider on the red horse? Then who's the rider on the black horse? Then who's the rider on the pale horse? Why is only the white horse rider a person and the other ones are symbolic it doesn't make any sense none of these writers are actually people they're all symbolic 
And if they're going to say that the white horse rider is a person, then that means that they have to do the same with the red horse rider, the black horse rider, and the pale horse rider. But they don't. And this is how we can know that the seven-year pre-tribulation theory is a false doctrine, because God's wrath begins as in the days of Lot, when it rains down fire from heaven. And we know that it does not rain down fire in any of the seven seals. It only rains down fire at the first trumpet, when the Jews are told to flee from the housetops at the abomination of desolation. And that happens midweek when the great tribulation begins. And this is according to scripture. This is according to the word of God. And Jesus even tells us himself that the day that he is going to be revealed is the day that the Jews flee from the housetops. That right there is all the evidence that we need that tells us that the seven-year pre-tribulation theory is incorrect. Because these words are coming from our Lord. He told us exactly when he's coming. He didn't leave us in the dark. We are not the children of the darkness. We're the children of the light. We're the children of the day. And that day is not going to overtake us as a thief because Christ told us exactly when that day is going to occur. And that is going to be when Jerusalem is surrounded with armies and we see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man as well as the abomination of desolation. So there are many things that have to occur first before Christ will come. So this doctrine of imminency is a false doctrine. This doctrine that Jesus can just come at any time. He can even come right now while I'm speaking. This is a false doctrine. And this doctrine keeps Christians in the dark. They're in darkness. They have no idea of any of the signs of Christ's coming. And they can't tell if he's coming in two minutes or today or tomorrow. They have no indication no signs of his coming. It's complete darkness. And it's very sad because these are our Christian brothers and sisters. And they're in darkness. And it's because they have been deceived by men. When Paul tells them plainly in scripture, Do not be deceived, for that day will not come until the falling away comes first. And that man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. But yet the majority of the church has been deceived anyway into believing the opposite of what Paul said. And it's very sad when Christ and Paul gave us so much information about his coming, but the church has rejected this and called this time the Battle of Armageddon, which is just completely unbiblical. So the Gospels reveal to us that Jesus comes down from heaven at the middle of Daniel's 70th week, meaning the last three and a half years. We know this from Luke chapter 21 verse 20 that says, And when ye shall see Jerusalem surrounded with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. So the same time that Jerusalem is surrounded with armies, we should know that the abomination of desolation is near. And we know that this is the last three and a half years or 42 months. This is the time of Jacob's trouble. Israel will fall in battle, and many of them shall be taken away captive into all the nations, and Jerusalem is going to be trodden down by the Gentiles for 42 months until the end of the Great Tribulation, when Jesus comes back to the earth at the Battle of Armageddon to set up his kingdom on earth. So we know that the seven-year pre-tribulation is a false doctrine, because Jesus tells us himself, 
the day that he is coming to be revealed is the day that the Jews are going to flee from the housetops. And that's from Luke chapter 17 verses 30 through 31. And we know that the Jews flee at the middle of Daniel's 70th week. And only three and a half years remain of Daniel's 70th week in the first place. Because Jesus Christ fulfilled the first half of the week at his first coming. So the second half is all that is left. There is only a final three and a half years left of Daniel's 70th week. And this time is reserved for the time of Jacob's trouble that is going to last three and a half years, which is the time of the Great Tribulation. And this is according to Scripture. This is according to Matthew 24. Jesus says, And when you shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. He likens this time to the time of the Great Tribulation that is going to last three and a half years. So that's all for now, brothers and sisters. I'm going to go ahead and end with the gospel, and that is that Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. He was witnessed alive by all of his disciples and by more than 500 brothers and sisters at the same time, many of which were slain for the word of God and for the testimony that they held. And Christ ascended to heaven, and he is now seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he is coming back very soon in our lifetime to bring wrath on the Christ-rejecting world and to rapture the church to be with him forever. That's all for now. I love you all. God bless you all. And Maranatha.